Space is the inky, infinite darkness we all secretly fear. A sort of endless mystery that makes Earth's oceans seem like a backyard swimming pool. It's all at once incredible and terrifying, but yet, here we are. The crew of the Nostromo has been floating along our trajectory for a few months now on our way back to Earth. My neck's a bit stiff from the sleeping pod, but everybody's just getting reacquainted with being awake again, too, and that seems normal. The neck stiffness, that is. We've made good progress since we went to sleep, but not enough for us to be awakened this early in the trip. Seems that the ship's computer, which affectionately is called Mother, has woken us up to respond to a distress call. This is typical protocol, of course, but for whatever reason, I have a strange feeling about it. A sort of foreboding. In any case, it seems to be coming from the surface of a planet. We haven't really explored this sector yet, so the planet just has a simple letter and number designation. LV-426. I want to hear you scream. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We'll tear your soul apart. Podcast of the Dead. Hello, everyone. This is Podcast of the Dead, the podcast about all things horror-related. This is going to be episode um and i'm zach palmer and sitting next to me is isaac wright oh yeah spinning in his chair and Wait. laughing like goofy uh and joy- jesus christ <laughs> joining us from the void as always is chrissy a beetle it's a uh, spooky time my dudes it's spooky time it doesn't feel like october I know. It's hot as fuck well, outside. It, it, su- well, it sucks ass. Probably feels like October to Chrissy, but not to us. Yeah, it's it's raining here. Yeah. It, it, oh, is that <laughs> October <cold>. weather? <laughs> okay. It's a cold and it's a shitty season to work to walk in. Uh, well, supposedly we're supposed to be getting a, a cold, quote unquote cold front coming in where it's going to be 50 degrees Fahrenheit, which for us is cold. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. They see for us that's that's hot. Yeah. Yeah, but we know. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so this episode is going to be the first episode of uh, October, I think. Spooky. I believe. Yeah, it's going to be first episode of October, so it's going to start off a series of uh, of great uh, movies that we're going to talk about in October. They're all very spooky. Big ones that we really like. Big ones that we really like. And, uh, Too spooky. We're going to... Yeah. <laughs> And we're we're gonna have a little a few extra things in this in this month too, and then we're going to close out the month with something real big and special, and I think y'all really like it. Uh, mm-hmm. But first, um, we're actually not gonna talk about horror news because <laughs> there is no there horror news. <laughs> no horror news. <laughs> echo, echo, echo. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing really that worthwhile to talk about, honestly. So, uh, we're and this is going to be a long episode, so we're just going to jump right into it. And we're going to talk about Alien. I feel, yep. I feel like this is one of those movies that's equivocally one of, 
like all, all of our favorites. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, 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 how do you feel about Alien, Chrissy? I mean, I know that Zach it's, and I love this it's, movie. It's but. good. It's a good movie. It's, it's a great <laughs> one. I just don't. I just have feelings about Rudy Scott post okay. post uh, other Alien movies. Oh, that's completely yeah, valid and valid. fair. Honestly, but otherwise, like Alien for me is a really important movie. I don't know. I really like this movie. Just the way it portrays space, portrays horror, portrays aliens, and a, a horror villain is all very unique and special, and it inspired my favorite video game franchise of all time, which is Metroid and Samus Aran. So, uh, Alien! Samus is... Oof. Samus is a <laughs> 10. Yeah. 10. Totally a 10. Yeah. Uh, Alien is uh, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it's so very good, and it's definitely like right up there with uh, John Carpenter's The Thing as far as like favorite horror movie mm-hmm. ever. Mm. Um, and I've watched it so many times, I've lost count. Uh, I first watched it when I was 12 years old um, by mm. myself when my parents were uh, not home. <laughs> and uh, it was on HBO, and I was just like, hey, this seems cool. And then I was traumatized and very intrigued <laughs> and weirdly horny. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who isn't when they see the not penis monsters? Well, I was talking about Sigourney Weaver, but also <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit of xenomorph love there. They could do so much with that yeah. inner mouth mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> what that what that mouth mouth do? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, so What's this movie about? Who, who wants to run down the synopsis? I mean, I could do it, but I feel like that's an uh, obvious choice. Let's see. So basically, <laughs> there's some space truckers, and they're on they're they're on a trip to 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 to, to take a thing to point A to point B. It's a boring <laughs> movie. It starts off really boring. It's all about like paperwork and hey, did you fucking fill out the right forms for me to get my overtime? And everyone's like, no, and you don't get your overtime. And they're like, we're not going to work anymore. And that's a big Space part of the trucking, <laughs> But anyway, they fuck up because they do the good thing of investigating a distress signal. They're like, we should help someone. Never do that in a horror movie. Never ever. Never. 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 You know you're in a horror movie. You don't fuck around. Don't fuck around and get killed. So they investigate this distress signal on an alien world. God, how many times are we going to say the word alien in the movie Alien? Many. (laughs) Alien, alien, alien. Anyway, but so they investigate this distress signal, and they go around searching about for what the fuck's going on. They stumble upon some very hostile breakfast foods, and uh, Mm. one of them gets attacked by the tiny chicken egg yolk, and it turns out not to be that eats through his helmet later. Um, if you ever say <laughs> hostile breakfast foods ever again, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Dialing it back. Okay, so actually what happens is, yeah, so they investigate the ship where there are alien eggs. Uh, one of them opens, attaches itself to a character named Kane. He is very distraught by this. You can't tell because you can't say anything, but his body language is very... Hey, I'm, I'm He's, real tense. <laughs> He's real tense. He's real tense. They bring him back to the ship. And uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, Ripley, makes the very wise decision of saying, Get, no, fuck off. Quarantine no. this guy. <laughs> Every, everyone yeah. disregards this because they're smarter than her. And they go on board the ship. Turns out, 
an alien has been incubating inside uh, Kane's body. Uh, he thinks he's okay. He's not okay. They're it, eating food. Yeah, they're eating food, and he <laughs> is then the food for an alien. It rips open his chest, scurries away into the corner of the ship. You don't see it for a while. Then it comes back scary as fuck, and everybody dies except, <laughs> like, a couple people that are like, we're going to kill it. And yeah, basically. The movie is them killing it. Yeah, basically <laughs> that's all you need to know. Uh, one of the things that, of course, you need to know is that the alien starts off real small and then grows big quickly, incredibly quickly. Um, and is very uh, human-like. Esque. I mean, you've seen Alien. I mean, yeah. if you haven't, what the fuck are you doing here? You're yeah. watching this. You've seen Alien. Yeah. I was trying so hard to avoid spoilers, and you're just you're just giving you're giving away the goat. The cat, oh. doesn't, <laughs> die. The cat doesn't die. That's the important thing. The, but then yeah. you do you see him later in other movies? Well, okay, no, I'm no, they, 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 they take see Jonesy in too, don't you? Yeah, yeah they take Jones out of the pod, uh, the, oh, the cryogenic yeah, pod with right, Ripley. Okay. You're right. You don't right. see him after that though, so I don't know what they do to the cat. <laughs> Yeah. He comes and lives with me and is renamed Loki, obviously. <laughs> He's adopted by a better owner. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> but anyway. He's adopted by an owner that doesn't fucking nearly kill him with a massive alien. Yeah. But anyway, the the story of Alien, I mean, like, it, it is really, I mean, most people do know what it is by this point. Yeah. It's not really something we need to run down. Yeah piece by piece. It's, it's a classic story. But yeah, it is, it is a classic mm. movie and um, the person that brought this movie to us originally who directed the movie, I should say, yeah, it didn't is bring us Ridley to... Scott. He directed the very first Alien. After that, the series had multiple <clears throat> directors, multiple different people envisioned this story right. and how it would progress, but Ridley Scott is the one that brought it to us initially. Well, yeah, but the story and the screenplay were written by Dan O'Bannon. Correct. Uh, but uh, and that's important to talk about because they kind of screwed him over on the script and the rights and blah, 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 whatever. You know, this is not an atypical story when we're talking about horror movies. This happens a lot. This probably happens a lot with yeah. other genres, too. But, yeah, we talked, you know, Dan O'Bannon, he wrote it, and they kind of screwed him over on the rights. But Dan O'Bannon is kind of a creep anyway, so... But you... But, yeah, I mean, there's no justification there necessarily, but just, like, still. I mean... But, so he penned the story itself? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Screenplay. That's the story. Okay, so yeah, yeah so he yeah. created everything, and then just yeah. <laughs> like you, Chrissy, you were saying it was that meme that was yeah, like, I it's, made this. It's, it's actually that I made this, and then Ridley Scott's like, I made this, <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone was like, Yeah, Ridley made it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, really, like, pulled it in a direction to make it an incredibly worthwhile thing. I guess is is the way to put. But Dan O'Bannon did introduce Ridley Scott to HR Geeker. So yeah. there is there is that. Okay. So that's that's worth noting. So there is a there is a lot of and I mean definitely one of the things to take away from Ridley Scott being a part of this project is he definitely added whatever it is that he has to the project because I mean he's made some very high profile movies that are important. I mean he made Blade Runner, he made Gladiator. Mm-hmm. He knows how to direct a movie. And that, that should be noted, even though he is... I don't really like Ridley Scott as a person that much. Me I don't either. even really know that much about He's him. He's very but, high on himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I think it's literally like because of this and Blade Runner that he's so high on himself. Because yeah. he's... It's it's a critically, you know, I'm so critically acclaimed, I can't yeah. do nothing wrong. I mean, yes, Ridley Scott, you did, you did direct two of the most phenomenal science fiction films ever made. But fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, okay, we get it, but shut up. Uh, All I'm saying is, regardless of of the negative feelings we have, credit where credit due, Alien might not be the, the project that it was or is 
if not for Ridley Scott, because you True. can definitely see a lot of his movie of making, course. movie making like panache. Oh yeah, when no, you watch the, it, the shots in it and just so so much of it has to do with Ridley yeah. Scott being just good at what he does, but still, so, the, still and, yeah, so <laughs> fuck, fuck him. But yeah, I, I got it. So. <laughs> Let's talk about characters, because there's a lot of... The characters are... Uh, I don't know. I feel like the characters aren't really that strong in this, but they, they do have like just enough of, of individual characters themselves that you can talk about them separately. Uh, See, and I'm of a kind of a slightly different opinion, like you said that earlier. See, I actually think that the characters in Alien are one of the things that make the movie. They aren't specifically important individually. But they're not but, necessarily like fodder like in a slasher film. Let's true. put it that yeah. way. That's why they yeah. all have their own distinct little personalities. Like, yeah, um, the, the, oh, God, I can't remember her name. What's the uh, the, the other woman on board that gets sprayed Lambert. in the face with the blood? Lambert. Yeah. Yeah. Lambert just screams. That's her character straight. Yeah. But then you have Parker and, fuck. Brett. Brett. Yeah. They, they, get into all, they get all into the union talk and all the yeah. stuff that actually, it's a weird oh, yeah. bit of, it's a weird bit of world building that is it so is. essential yeah. to Alien that I love it. Well, there's a lot of world building in Alien, yeah. and that's the thing is mm. like they put so much detail on everything that you really like. There is a world that is very well built in there, and yet you have a million questions. You're like, but how do they do this? How do they do that? But then somehow you don't care <laughs> because, like, I mean, in in the sense that it's like it all still works anyway. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like when you first see the this the jockey in the in the alien ship, you're just like, what the fuck's right. going on with that? But then, I mean, it's never answered. But then you can make your own assumptions about it. There's a lot of it's like bad. it doesn't it doesn't hold your <laughs> it doesn't hold your hand through world building like explanations. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm always fascinated by and a, a couple of things have done this. But uh, let's talk about characters first before we get into that because we are we are going to <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna end up going off on a tangent. Sure. I do want to let's let's try and try and go through the list that we made. Okay, yeah, we we, we made a list. And we had four <laughs> principal characters that are important. And so let's start. So we have Ripley, Ash, Dallas, Kane. Let's start with Ash, just to get the asshole out of the way first. Ashhole. Ash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ash is um, kind of like, it, before you realize that he's a, a synthetic, as they call it, basically a cyborg human relations uh you really you think he's just kind of like the cold analytical type i guess uh he's mm. very much like uh he stays to himself he doesn't really seem to socialize as much as he's, everybody he's else he's the doctor character. he's the doctor yeah, he, type he, he yeah controls the med lab or whatever it is yeah yeah and then you realize later that he's a robot and he's got robot juice <laughs> it looks like <laughs> It looks like... <laughs> yeah, he is filled with seminal fluid. <laughs> cum Sorry. robot. It, it seems so he's, he's a big cum robot. But uh, his... his, his... Well, which is kind of fitting because also he has a whole bunch of porn uh, stashed away. Uh, mm. Does he? Yeah, and he tries to stick that 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 uh, the magazine in Ripley's mouth. That's Remember? right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't even watch this. To why does synthetic? Why does a synthetic need porn? <laughs> Uh, well, because he's—it's one of those things where he's trying to take like Learn. get grips on reality, like oh. on being a human, I guess. Like, oh, okay. And like maybe it's something he didn't expect, you know? That's interesting. I yeah. don't know. No, I never. Yeah. I... He just loves a good old, good old rub and tug. <laughs> good old rub and tug. But the the important thing about he is that... full of cum, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got it. You got basically. It, it, 
it's pressurized, and so if the pressure gets too great, you know, you have to relieve the pressure somehow. Because <laughs> unlike, unlike every, well, oh, never mind. Okay, not gonna go into this. Ash's important point in in the, in the scope of the plot really is that he's not just the doctor, and he's not just the cold analytical type, and he's not just all these other facets. He's also the guy reporting back to the real bad guy in the entire series, which which is is, the Wayland yutani Corporation. He is literally and figuratively a company man. Yeah. (laughs) And he's programmed to make sure things are going according to what the company deems correct. Right. And so as soon as they discover that the Xenomorph exists, from that point on, I feel like and I haven't watched it in a bit. We all kind of decided that we didn't need to watch Alien again. I didn't need to because I've been able to recall it perfectly in my okay. mind so far. Does he, when he realizes what the alien is and what it's doing, does he have a visible shift in like how he starts treating no, 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 everyone no, no, no. else on board? Because remember, they the whole premise of the thing is that Weyland Yutani purposely put the ship in this path to run into the planet LV oh, four seven, was that it? Four, four seven two. Yeah, it, it's it, he knew the whole time. Oh, that's the shit. whole. It, they knew the whole time. See, I thought I was, I'm, I was I'm still just sure it's Ash who was like, "Yeah, no, it's fine." When when Kane gets the old face hugger-oo. Yep. No, he's the one yeah. that makes that decision. Yeah, like. he's, he's like, the one he's that like, actually I'm gonna let, physically I'm gonna let opens Kane the in. door. Yeah, because yeah. he knows. He knows yeah. the whole time. It's not. It's not. It's not like a realization thing. It's that they know. They knew this. Okay, guys. He's well, a th- fucking snake. Yeah. Well, well. Thanks, guys. Thanks for dunking on me for not watching this well, movie. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. No, it's more. It's not. It's not us dunking on you. No. It's. It's more of just like that's. That's that realization that you make is that at the at the end, especially when uh she's like she goes into the mother hub mm-hmm. and she's like doing her research and you realize that oh they sh- right. they knew this whole fucking time they mm-hmm. knew that that was that was what it was gonna be yeah and I don't it's yeah the whole thing's fucked I mean we we'll talk about that later but yeah it's a, the whole fucking company thing and yeah. where it's you know what is yeah. what is the worth of of a human life anyway uh Ash yeah really great character very much like a a kind of a centrifuge to the whole. Like the alien, obviously, is the main antagonist, but Ash is like the secondary antagonist. So like the the whole like a lot of the conflict revolves around like the interpersonal conflict revolves around Ash, and so. it's definitely the first proxy for the Wayland Yutani Corporation, which has multiple proxies over the yeah. course of the series. Which yeah. there's a lot to this series. We're only going to talk about the first one, but yeah. Wayland Yutani becomes a much bigger entity as yeah. time goes on. Yeah, let's talk about Kane though. Kane's Kane. dumb. Kane, Kane is stupid. <laughs> Kane, Kane is dumb. I love John Hurt, but Kane's stupid. <laughs> oh man, look at that really weird, disgusting, fucking alien, clearly alien biological thing. Let me put my whole face in it. Yeah, <laughs> let me just shove my face near it. Yeah. Like, this natural selection came for Kane. Oh, yeah. Essentially, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Poor selection. bastard. Wayland Yutani selection came for Kane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's everything about when he walks into the egg chamber or whatever they call it. Uh, egg chamber is a good name for yeah, it, I guess. Yeah, when he yeah. walks into it, there's like the weird like light going around in mm-hmm. the mist and everything. Yeah. Everything is there to tell you, don't, don't get in here, you. go away. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not a good time. And he's still just like... I think I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out what's going on here. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the He's not is he even a scientist? What's his deal? Does he think the, he knows yeah, what he's Yeah, the thing, the, the thing about 
about that whole scene is even if you didn't have the horribly ominous music playing over the top mm. of it, it would still be really fucking ominous. Like, yeah. just look yeah. at it. Like, <laughs> those, eggs like, doing, those eggs look nasty. Oh, wow. Look, nasty ass eggs. <laughs> look at this giant, giant night scare, <laughs> night, nightmare scape of a fucking room with these fucking giant wall vulvas. Oh, wait. True. <laughs> look, at, look, look at this big smattering of ugly, disgusting looking biological eggs. I'm gonna put my face yeah, in here. Wish like, I didn't have this helmet you? on so I could lick it and see if it tastes like ice cream. Like, what the fuck was? I, I don't know. I just don't understand his thought process. Wait, wait did you hear that? He Is that just... ominous music that I'm hearing? <laughs> yes. Maybe he was just distracted by the giant space vulvas. Probably. He's like, I'm gonna fuck one of those later. But anyway, just <laughs> as gonna uh, off to it. he's gonna be, he's gonna have Ash help him beat off to it. <laughs> Uh, it turns out everyone's motivation in this film is beating off. We've just solved. <laughs> we've just solved Alien for you. Just FYI, yeah. <laughs> Ash is brimming with cum. <laughs> anyway, um, so just as, it fuels him. So just as we learn that Ash's motivation is Ash's and the company's motivation is to get them to steer into the planet in the first place. Another one of the catalysts that drives this film forward is Kane's decision to be a fucking dumbass and yeah. thrust his face at an egg. Because <laughs> um, without that happening, all of this could have been avoided. There are multiple points where everything could have been avoided. Ash not being a fucking fuckstick like, would have avoided this. Fucking fuckstick. <laughs> fucking fuckstick. Kane not shoving his face in the middle of an egg would have avoided this. And then Dallas, who was the next person I want to talk about, not being so insistent on everything's fine, this fucking thing <laughs> on his face won't pose any problems, please let us back on the ship. Like, shut up. It's fine. Shut up, Dallas. That's basically how I feel every time <laughs> yeah. he's on screen, is just shut the fuck up, yeah. Dallas. He's not a, <laughs> that's, how, that's how I feel about the city, too. He's not a, <laughs> he's not a stunning leader. Uh... I mean, obviously, it's, like, clear, like, right from the beginning that Ripley, like, has to take over because Dallas is just... No, he's uh, just the captain, right? Is that... Fucking stupid. Yeah. Is all Dallas's role, is he, is he just the captain of the ship? Yeah, he's the captain. He's the captain. Uh, Lambert's the navigator. Ash is, like, the science officer. He's not right. necessarily, like, specifically, like, a medic or anything. He's just a science officer. Mm -hmm. uh, it's never really explained what Kane is, but he's, like, an executive officer of some kind. And then First Ripley... Mate, maybe. Well, maybe, yeah. Ripley, I thought, originally was a first mate or the equivalent to the first mate, but she's... She's a pilot. She's what's she? called a warrant officer. Uh, so we are not military yeah, people, so yeah. unfortunately... I don't know. Drop no, us a line think, and tell us he, what ranks well, are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would guess technically if you're... I mean, if you're talking about actually flying the ship, t technically that would be Dallas flying the ship because he's captain. Yeah. Uh, but See, like, sometimes ships have captains, but they also have navigators. So yeah, well, like, well, Lambert's the navigator. Oh, Lambert's the navigator. Okay. Dallas is the captain, and then you got the the engineers. Brett, 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 and right. Parker are the engineers. Parker's technically the the chief engineer. Okay. So yeah. But anyway, mainly what Dallas kind of epitomizes is. Unfortunately, we have to go into the, the the role of masculinity and just I'm in control. Yeah. I know what's good. Male stupid. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I am right. Every everyone else has to listen to me, <laughs> even though I clearly have a bad idea going on right in front. Everybody of me. in front of me just die. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, him refusing to let Kane die is another one of those points that's yeah. like all of this could have been avoided had you just like quarantined yeah. the motherfucker. Like all stop. of this could have been avoided if you just left him on the. Yeah, it's yeah. like 
Or ship. Or this was a bad. This was a bad well, day. This could have been fucking avoided. <laughs> yeah. We're having a bad day on LV two four nine six, whatever the fucking planet day. It actually has a designation. I just don't remember what it is. But it's a bad day on this planet. Kane's dead. Let's let's hatch, hit, get back to space truck stop and pound beer. That's I, what I, I would do. I said it wrong earlier too, but it's LV426. There we the go. Uh, wow, yeah. I got like a couple of digits right. Yeah, LV426969. <laughs> LV LV42069. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Ripley cuz Ripley's Finally. Ripley's <laughs> Get through the idiots first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to get you got to cut through a lot of idiocy to get to Ripley. Separate so. the wheat from the chaff. That's what I Alien is all about. <laughs> <laughs> like Ripley is the epitome of everybody's stupid except me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and, and that's not I mean, you're not lying cuz Ripley from the get-go doesn't want to let Kane back on the ship. He's like, "No. I'm in charge while you're off the ship, Dallas. You can't come back in like i have yeah. to make this decision yeah. it insists that you're not listening to me we don't know what's about to happen yeah fuck you and everyone's screaming at her and she's sitting there trying to stay composed like fucking listen to me please <laughs> please just listen and no one does no, and listen. as a result everyone dies it's fucking stupid <laughs> and so just this is the last moment where everything could have been avoided after the alien gets on the ship they're all fucked. Yeah, and let's let's just talk about how important of a character Ripley is as far as like the history of cinema. Like because yeah. because Ripley is like a real strong and believable female lead. Yeah. You know? She's not like a final girl like you see in a lot of slasher films. She's very much like a like she takes charge. No, she sort of is thing. the action hero yeah. of this movie. Mm -hmm. Like and there's the nothing really, but Yeah, yes. no, there's nothing fragile about Ripley there's right. nothing and I mean you see this um I mean in real life I mean many women take on this role there are a lot of really strong independent like women out there and they get overlooked a lot oh we stand, you know what I mean? we stand Ripley real hard yeah uh, <laughs> anything anything literally any man can do Ripley can do better yeah, yeah. and will do better oh yeah and has proven that she can do better and you see it even in this movie that because she's so confident and because she takes charge she kind of gets shit on for it yeah it, like in the scene yeah. where they don't let her in and like her trying to tell the engineers like I fucking can't do anything just do your fucking job yeah. they still kind of make fun of her and she's just like yeah. I will slit your throats without a hesitation <laughs> if you don't get us off this planet yeah. <laughs> She, she is permanent, I'm done with these fucking idiots yeah. face, and I love it. And I don't know, I'm Bl trying to think Bl of another uh, instance in cinema, before this, where there was such a strong female character. A lot of it does owe itself to Sigourney Weaver, because Sigourney Weaver effortlessly plays well, this role in yeah, a lot of I, things. I would, but... the, I would say in the 70s, there's a lot of strong female characters uh, that, you know, because it's the 79, the end of that, that decade. True. And, I mean... It, Leia's a pretty strong character if we're talking about space women. Who that that was yeah. the one I was thinking of. Yeah. It's probably Leia's probably one of the closest to Ripley. Yeah, but it, as far as you don't like I said, you don't see very many action movies. And I mean, on a, on one hand, Aliens an action movie, technically in certain ways. Yeah. Yes, but you don't see, you yeah. hardly ever see an action movie that has a woman at the helm. You have kind of recently with like <laughs> what was that like, um. There was a couple. There was one with Jennifer Gardner. There was one with, uh, and then in, I mean, Mad Max Fury Road, 
Mad Max isn't even the focus of it. Um, Charlie's Theron. Furious yeah. and Ripley would be besties. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they would kick ass. They may, they'd be lesbians together. On <laughs> but anyway, but so it, I don't know. It's always just really refreshing to see that. And I feel like Alien was the first one to put like a badass, like, fuck you, I'm going to set you on fire, woman, front and center oh, yeah, yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Bless Sigourney Weaver. Yes. I love her. Yeah. She's the greatest. Still. I. Oof. Sigourney Weaver. Oof. <laughs> I mean, my entire life was changed by watching Ghostbusters 365 times yeah. when I was a child. Are you kidding me? Yeah, 365 <laughs> times. Yeah, one once for every a, day of one, the year. Once a day. Yeah, once a day. Get your daily dose of both Bill Murray and Sigour- Sigourney Weaver. Both are on my list. <laughs> Only Zool. There is no oh, Isaac. Oh, shit, Rick Moranis is on my list, too. There Wait, I don't no, know what I'm doing. <laughs> there is no Isaac. Only Zool. Okay. Um... Let's no, I, I'm 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 Vince Clortho, actually. Thank you. Sure. I I, I will. I am, the, I am the key master. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so let's shift gears for a second and talk about the more technical aspects of the film. The first, we're going to talk about music, because the music in this is incredibly important and very very much uh, the atmosphere setting uh, element uh, that is, I guess, least expounded upon. Um, at least in my opinion with this movie, I feel like a lot of people don't understand how important the music is, uh, and just how much it really, it's the way, the, the way it's sparse very much like, like goes along visually with how the movie is very isolated. Yeah, and I was I, about to say that, like basically it yeah. makes you feel lonely. Yes. Like everything about it makes it's you very, feel it's lonely. It's a forlorn soundtrack yeah. is, is the way I would, I would put it. And it was a, it's a... Music in this was by Jerry Goldsmith, uh, great Jerry Goldsmith score, and actually parts of the score of this were actually not intentionally meant for this movie. Uh, it was originally meant for a Freud biopic. I remember, so- uh, yeah, you you were telling yeah. me about yeah, that. No, yeah, no, we we actually talked about this uh, our very first episode when we talked about the thing and how um, uh, that that score was not necessarily written in intent with being with the movie. It was kind of written separate from the movie, but um, yeah, Mm. it's the, the score of this was actually intentionally, like it was intended originally. Part of it was intended originally for a Freud biopic. And then basically Ridley Scott heard what he was working on for that. And he was like, I want that for my movie. I want that. I want that. (laughs) I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's written, I don't know, like, the score has is something that I think about a lot in this movie because I just, you know, I love music, and uh, I love how they kept that in Alien Isolation, too, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, no, in Alien... Uh, I'll save this for the end. Too much about Alien Isolation, but Alien Isolation was also really good about having very lonely music, mm-hmm. very sparse music. Yeah. Um, we, we always talk a lot about movies that know when to be quiet. Obviously, Alien knows... A good deal oh, yeah. about how also to be quiet. Also knows how to be really fucking loud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that opening of Alien, when with the, all the letters coming together uh, and yeah. the and the soundtrack so kind of falling of into place and everything like that, that's a really iconic thing that a lot that I feel like a lot of other movies have taken. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I know I talk about Terminator a lot. Terminator and its soundtrack and the way the the letters scroll across the screen. It's in a different way. But James Cameron, who's also associated with this franchise, I feel like totally took that opening from the from Alien. You know what I mean? James Cameron, the bravest pioneer. Yep. Um, 
I I do like I do want to kind of couple this with sound effects too because I feel like sound effects in this are, are also really interesting because it's like the sound design in it is phenomenal because they create new sounds for all these new things of technology that they're creating that they're world building to exist and then they make new sounds for them and they're all just that they so they make so much sense. Well, I guess you know so many bleepies. Yeah. Well, the thing about <laughs> and I, I might bleepies. I might be channeling a little bit more isolation than the actual movie in this. But uh, the good thing about the alien technology, the way that the, the technology apparently advanced in the alien world, everything is is chunky, hard plastic. Yeah. yeah. So it's all it all gives oh, you yeah. a real good satisfying click or a satisfying thunk. And, and we'll, or it's <laughs> yeah, we'll kind of get into that when we talk about art style. But that's all Roger Christian for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, but yeah, that's. The, I don't know, because here's the thing, is like for a sci-fi movie, if you're going to have new technology, the sound design has to be really, really good Mm -hmm. for it to make it believable. You can't just like press on a a computer and it just go honk, you know, like it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't work, you know. We need 15 minutes of a goose for our computer sounds. The noises my laptop makes. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it's not as believable if if that happens. Like it's got to have like believable sound design and they did it really, really well on this. And I uh, feel I'm, like that's important. To I'm going to ask a question. It you might. Oh, go ahead. Like the um the set. What I love sort of about set, like the design of like sound, is just especially like with that flamethrower, just how crisp it is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is very, it's like, very defined sound wise. See, and that's what I was going to mm-hmm. ask. Do you know what the Foley's did to make like the alien sounds and and the the chestburster sounds and the. <laughs> <laughs> or did some guy in a booth just do what I just did? <laughs> I, I actually don't know, funny enough. I know a lot about this movie, but I actually don't know what the Foley was like in oh. this. Um, I'm, I'm going to, th- I'm going to <laughs> think that it was just some guy in a booth just being stepped on or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it, cock and ball torture. Oh, God. Uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, it... it it, it's apt. I, I feel like that's fine. <laughs> Ridley Scott was like, "No, you can't. No, you can't have any food until you make my alien noise." <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about probably the largest section of this whole thing that we're going to talk about, which is the effects. Oh yeah. Um, and the effects is like there's a lot of it's just animal parts. <laughs> Mostly. So, like, so let's get into specifics. So, like, the egg, the inside of the alien egg, a lot of it's just kind of gooey type stuff. Uh, But it's Mm -hmm. a lot of animal intestines and animal parts. Like, the whole, like, 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 lace stuff that's sitting on top of the egg before the face hugger comes out, that's just sheep's stomach. Which, if, you know, if you were a butcher, would have been an obvious thing. You would have just been like, oh, that's sheep's stomach. Um... I can imagine this. One of the things that's harder to notice that you may not notice when you're watching that whole egg scene is that the drips are going upwards. They're not going downwards. The drips off of the egg are coming upwards, and it's actually because they suspended the egg up upside down to do that scene. So you, it, it's a really like if I, you're noticing it. You I don't, feel like I've seen that before, yeah. and I always thought it was like a weird anti grab. I, I thought it was. Intentional weird sci-fi yeah. bullshit. But yeah, it's intentional weird sci-fi bullshit. But yeah, they just put the egg upside down huh, and put the drips on. And a lot of the a lot of the moist stuff in this is ky oh. ky jelly, some some form of ky jelly or some mixture of water and ky jelly and you know whatever that <laughs> that that entails. But yeah, I mean a lot of the slobber 
out of the alien's mouth is is all just you know that would definitely be ky jelly yeah to get that sheen the sheen yeah the sheen oh. is an important thing uh, i mean it might par- partially be corn syrup too because corn syrup can come out clear and uh that mm. kind of has that same sort of texture too um but i i don't know it's there's a lot of stuff uh the scene the scene where kane the chestburster scene with kane uh a and and this a lot of people know this story but uh his head his body was underneath the table the actor's body hurts hurts body is underneath the table and his head's coming out of the top of the table and they made a fake chest that was filled with blood mm-hmm. um it was filled with blood and it had like a spurty thing uh that that squibs out uh yeah sure i love squibs i made the spurt noise <laughs> and, and the Just... and the thing is is they didn't tell the actors before they did the chest pressure scene what was going to happen so they they have this thing and they're like okay we're going to set this up and then it's going to do its thing and you just have the reaction that you're going to have and then it came out and that scream that Lambert has, that was very real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes right in her... Does it go in her face? Yeah, or? she gets blood all over yeah, her face. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, fucking understandably Yeah, scared. of course. Holy shit. No, but that scene is amazing, and it was... I I found it to be more amazing once I learned that the guy controlling the, the little baby alien coming out of his chest, that's just a puppet. So some guy got yeah. to just sit down and be <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like, I want that job. Me can too. I, can I get paid fifty dollars to do that for a day? Yeah, I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, fuck. Dude, I want to fucking control that fucking little dick puppet. <laughs> <laughs> little dick puppet. Fuck. Uh, but it was the same thing when they were doing the autopsy on the face hugger. That was all just animal parts. There's a lot of like, okay, hey, we're going to take a lot of little intestines and just kind of arrange them in a way that mm. looks like it's real. Um, and, yeah, all that type of stuff um, where they're just like, hey, I'm going to want to pick up this little piece of f- flesh flap. That looks real. Okay. <laughs> Do you know, one one question I did have about the effects that uh, I really had never known, uh, and I just, I might, I just don't know how they do this in most movies, actually. But, like, the actual background scenes and stuff like that, where, like, they're on, like, when they're in the egg chamber and stuff like that. How, how do they do those backgrounds? So, so the... That was probably matte painting, wasn't it? Parts of it were, but a lot of it was actually full set. Did they actually uh, do a set for that? Yes. Because that's yeah. really elaborate. Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, they had a huge, huge studio that they built that, that uh, LV426 on. Mm-hmm. The, that whole thing where that, that long scene where they're all walking towards the ship, that's full-sized. Whoa. That's full-sized, yeah. they. Um, the thing is, is they, they had to stop like in the middle of the shooting because the suits were so heavy and sweaty. Um <laughs> Yeah, that they had to stop because people were, they were getting dehydrated. Going I bet to, they were walking, yeah. walking all the yeah. way to the other side. Because if it's that big a soundstage, there's not going to be really good air conditioning, so they're going to be hot. Yeah, as shit but all those all those sets that you see in the ship, that's all full size sets. None of that's background matte painting. No. Yeah, None the only thing that looked like matte painting was like the outside of the world. But you're saying that wasn't. Yeah, they, well, the background yeah. the background may have been matte painted like the just the background part of it, but the actual set itself that was real. That's that was a crazy. that's a real set, and uh, the. Uh, um, the big the the big set piece with the uh, jockey that's mm-hmm. full sized that's a full size oh set um, the mm-hmm. egg chamber that's a full size set I mean they they drew it up bigger yeah, you know, yeah, than, yeah. than it actually was but yeah it's a full size mm-hmm. set they just made that middle piece and then they drew it out bigger with paintings but see that's amazing because yeah. like yeah this is a movie that was made in 1979 
and it looks fucking phenomenal. Like, yeah. you don't... <clears throat> there is yeah. no suspension of disbelief, really, in this movie. Like, the biggest suspension of dis- disbelief in the 21st century comes from the technology. You know what yeah. I mean? You're yeah. like, yeah. how does a, how does a space shuttle work? With this, yeah, this is a this is a pong computer. Why does this work this way? But we also probably look at space shuttles that were made in the seventies, true, and be like, how the fuck did they get in space with this thing? Jesus Christ! They, they uh, were working with electric toothbrushes and uh, two rubber bands, and that's how we got to the moon, Zach. Uh, <laughs> and, and as you can imagine, all of the ship, all all of Nostromo was a miniature, um, and all of it was models and stuff, mm-hmm. but. Now, who was it that... That was one thing I was curious about. Who was it that designed the models? Because the person that designed the alien and the person that designed the ships were two different people. Yes, so the... the no, we're going to talk about that when we talk about our style. But, okay. but it, 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 yeah, so H.R. Giger did all the alien-related stuff, and then Roger Christian did Roger all, Christian. all, I of, couldn't remember all the of the the, yeah. the the stuff that was human-related. The other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll talk about the difference between those two in, in a second here. But, the the I mean, the ship, Nostromo, was uh, designed by Roger Christian. And uh, the so there was one shot, like, when they're still on the planet, where uh, you see the interior of the Nostromo, like Ash is sitting in inside the Nostromo, yeah. uh, which is they just what they did was they put a like some blue tape on the on the inside of the model and then just projected that in. Oh, that's like, cool. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, there's Old a lot green of, screen, blue screen. It's so useful for everything. You yeah, know, and I know how it works now from doing a tiny bit of video editing. Yeah, like how did they do that back then though? That's what yeah, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> I'm sure there's it's some fucking awful thing that they had to do. But um, yeah, no, it's really interesting stuff. Just all the effects in it are just so so interesting, especially since you realize so much of it is like actual set building, mm-hmm. like the amount of set building they had to do. Was the was the Queen's Chamber, like where they had all the goop, like the goop wall that Dallas oh, yeah. is in? Is that a, it's, its own set? <laughs> yeah, it's the goop wall. You uh, have like the, the rock climbing wall, but you have a goop wall. You the, just get stuck to it. Uh, as, er, er, <laughs> Isaac is referring to the uh, deleted scene, which is not in, it's not in the original But one, they still but had the, to make it. Yeah, they still <laughs> had to make it, but yeah, the deleted scene where Ripley comes across Dallas and he's still alive and, and oh that's all, right that's not in the full movie that's yeah, like he's all, uh, he's, yeah he's all up in the in on the wall just like kill me it's <laughs> <laughs> like my favorite scene because it's like now you know you fucked up <laughs> yeah yeah but um do why did they cut that i don't understand well just for length probably because i mean I it's not know. super important to the flow of the movie i don't know but now that i've watched the movie with that scene in it maybe they thought it was a weird detour yeah i guess I don't know. Like I said, now that I... Also, you know, Ridley Scott is like that, isn't he, sometimes? That's true. There are, like, what, three million cuts of Blade Runner? (laughs) Oh, God, let's not... there are way too many cuts of Blade (laughs) Runner. One of these days, we'll... We should just have an episode just talking about nothing but alternate Blade Runner cuts. (laughs) (laughs) Like, nothing else. That's not a horror movie. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's Uh, a fucking horror show. Yeah, exactly. But, But one thing I've been... Specifically avoiding because I wanted to talk about it last is the xenomorph and the yes. design of the suit and all that stuff. And uh, as many of you yes. know, if you've watched Alien or you're a big fan <laughs> of Alien, it was uh, a very tall, skinny guy who was inside of the suit, <laughs> and his name was uh, uh, Balaji Badejo, and I'm pretty sure I got that right. Uh, and he uh, he's a Nigerian guy. He's seven feet tall. He was seven foot something. Um, he was just real tall, real thin. Um, 
Rest in peace, by the way. He is he passed away. Um, but he uh, he was the only one that could have filled out that suit in the right way to make it yeah. look as convincing as it was and intimidating did, as it was. Did they make the suit for his proportions, yes. or did they make or did they make the suit and was like, okay, now we have to find somebody to fill it? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> they made the suit specifically to fit his proportions. Okay. They were they were they had the design. They had the design of the alien, and they were just like, okay, so how do we? make this a believable person how do we make this real mm-hmm. like so yeah. so there i believe it was dan o'bannon was at a bar and he saw a, a balaji walk in and he mm. said that's the guy that's oh, the guy that we need <laughs> that's that's fucking crazy yeah um yeah i mean that sounds exactly like something dan o'bannon would would be doing <laughs> yeah i'm not surprised no, yeah. <laughs> he's casting the habits. Yeah, I do believe it was Dan O'Bannon that discovered him, but I, I, I actually am not entirely sure. I'm pretty sure it was Dan O'Bannon, but yeah, it's. I mean, only only Bellagio would have been able to make the suit that convincing. That's why it's kind of disappointing in the later aliens, where it's just, they're more like real proportioned well, people. <laughs> how much? Yeah. How much of the xenomorph is an actual person versus? An effect or a puppet. In, I would in say the first I would say alien. about ninety percent of it is a person. Really? Uh, oh, yeah, ninety percent of it is a person, and about the other ten percent is being controlled. The tail is controlled by other people, mm-hmm. and the mouth is controlled by other people. Like the mouth. Well, they only ever have close-up shots of the mouth. Like right. you don't have the mouth and like the full body shot working at the same time. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. How did they control the tail? Was it like strings? Was yeah. It... Oh, yeah, okay. It was just strings. Yeah, they just had like this. Apparatus. I, I think there is one moment where you can see the string as well. Yeah, there probably is. It's hard. It's a hard thing to edit out in 1979. <laughs> I mean, it's a hard thing to edit out in any era. You yeah, can always true. see the strings. Like I remember Spider Man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that happens in Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but of course, I mean, as as we talked about, the the design of the Xenomorph uh, very much is uh, an H.R. Giger creation. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is that that's not even that wasn't the original design for the Xenomorph. The original design for Xenomorph is Pumpkinhead. Uh, <laughs> so whenever you're, if you ever saw Pumpkinhead, the the design of Pumpkinhead is the original design of the Xenomorph. <laughs> no, I still haven't. Seen. I would mildly love to see that. Yeah, <laughs> just, just switch them. <laughs> Pumpkinhead's fucking dumb, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and Pumpkinhead Two is even stupider. Yeah, but I would just love to see that. Like the 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 roles reversed. So in Pumpkinhead, you've got the Xenomorph. Oh yeah, no! Oh, oh man! Oh, that would be awful. Uh, that would I mean, be... it would just show that the species pro- proliferation across the planet, and, <laughs> and then we're all just gonna die. Uh, oh man! It's funny that pumpkin, pumpkin... and alien are in the same universe. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's funny that pumpkin. You should say that because Pumpkinhead has Lance Henriksen in it, and Lance Henriksen, mm. of course, plays Bishop in the Alien Aliens and Alien Three. And in Predator so. Two, there's an alien skull. And a pumpkin head skull on the wall of the Predator ship. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> You're a bastard. Um, um, but but let, let's talk about art, art style. Well, no, I wanted to talk about the Xenomorph a little bit more, just a little bit, as far as as a horror villain, not okay. just art direction style. Okay. But I feel like the Xenomorph is one of the coolest horror villains that there is, because a it's not human. You have some non-human. Horror villains a lot. 
Mm-hmm. But the Xenomorph is really good because, I mean, they talk about it a lot in all, all the movies. That it is uh, the perfect weapon, the perfect entity. It doesn't yeah. feel pain. It doesn't do anything like that. It's a perfect like organism. Yeah. yeah. But mm. I don't know. It just, that makes it so terrifying and just so ominous. And well, just yeah, the way it, it moves doesn't... is so unnatural. It goes through the fence. <laughs> it will just fuck you up when you aren't looking. It is somehow gigantic and super stealthy. Yeah. At the same time. Well, yeah, and it's like complete instinct is yeah. the thing. It has, there's no possibility of it having emotions. It's so like insect brain. You yeah. know what I mean? There's no motivation. Yeah. Except to fucking just, murder you. Just yeah. because. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you see that, I guess. Why not? And just it evolved to have acid for blood. Yeah. Like who the f- who the fuck evolves like that? <laughs> Jesus, I'm getting I'm getting frustrated with the with, with natural selection made by the Wayland Yutani court. It's just like, yeah, why not? Fuck it, acid for blood. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but just as a horror entity, it, it uh, obviously this movie isn't. I I will say that this movie isn't scary to the degree that a lot of horror movies are. I don't know. I, I would say so. Like, I mean, it, I, I you may have you may have worn off like after years of watching it. Maybe but so. If, if this, if, imagine you live in 1979 and you okay. saw this shit for the first time, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" Okay, I'll give it what to you. What the fuck is that on my screen? I would have peed. And why the fuck is it coming after me? I would have peed the pants of the person sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I pee. And yet I pee. Um, I don't know. Something about it being sci-fi kind of takes the horror element away a little bit for me. And I and it has ever since I first watched it. But and I'll also say like occult weird like ghost stuff scares me a little bit more just yeah. from the the weird. Everybody has their thing. Yeah, but yeah. Despite all that. I don't know, it's just one of the best horror villains you have in a movie, because, yeah, it has no emotion, and it it just, the way it kills is very unique, and the way it moves is very unique, and the way it looks is super unique, and it's... It's incredibly intimidating. Yeah, yeah, that, and I don't know, ever since its arrival has just become a thing in pop culture. Like, I remember being a kid and seeing alien references in, like, Animaniacs or any animated cartoon, yeah. you know what I mean? You see the little the little mouth coming out of a bigger mouth. That became just, like, you a... Fucking co- Spaceballs. Yeah, like, that became a comedy trope, like, instantly. Yeah. Just because, I mean, the, the tiny mouth is kind of funny. I mean... It is a little funny. <laughs> I mean, it'd be scary if you were there yeah. seeing it, but if yeah. you're watching the movie, you're just like... That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. imagine if you just dubbed over it and you just says, hey, hey, you know, like the little bit. <laughs> so anyway, I love the Xenomorph and it's a good villain. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so let's... I, do, doing a mildly quick bit of research, fucking Dynamite Comics did a, did a Pumpkinhead comic. And one of the fucking designs of Pumpkinhead is like the original Xenomorph fall. Oh yeah! Mm. Wow. Yeah, it looks fucking sick. Wow. Um, art style. Speaking of of designs of of the Xenomorph, uh, as we have kind of alluded to a couple times here, the everything that has to do with the alien and alien life form in LV four two six was all designed by H R Giger. Uh, and then everything that has to do with the humans and all the spaceship and all that sort of stuff was designed by Roger Christian. And that and that was intentional to that you have a literal clashing of worlds and a clashing of styles um, so that you had like you can see the actual like seeping in of the alien into the ship and kind of you see how how 
the two styles do not work together at all. But that's how it's supposed no. to be. You know what I mean? It's, huh. it's an invasion of styles, really, is what it is. I didn't uh, know that that was intentional. Yeah, they intentionally made it so that they had two art directors because they oh. they were like, okay, well, we need a guy to design the alien because this had, it can't be Roger Christian because he's just going to make a fucking gray or something, you know, like some <laughs> of the big fucking almond eyes or something, you know. Um, but yeah, no, they because they saw H.R. Giger's work and they're like, well, yeah, he can make a fucking scary ass fucking alien, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just imagining like a fucking gray as alien now. The alien from Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hawaiian shirt and everything. Like, I'm gonna kill you. Or now. like even worse, like Mars attacks. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That fucking thing would be stealthy. I'm, so, I'm literally looking at some Giga work. I mean, the Mars across the room from me right now, and it's like alien set pieces he oh, nice. made on yeah. postcards. And it's like, man, it's a lot of dicks. I am now going to edit scenes of Alien with the Mars Attacks no, aliens no, so, in them. Like. I was just thinking that aliens would work perfectly with the Mars Attacks aliens because the Mars Attacks aliens they do work on numbers. <laughs> You know what I mean? They yeah. they just they just swarm. So it totally works with aliens. <laughs> like one of those like little brain guys not gonna do much but on that ship. I'm just sitting there <laughs> thinking of that that scene where Lambert and Parker are about to get killed, and Lambert's just like no, no, and then you just turn the camera and it's just ah, 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 ah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Oof. <laughs> but uh, I think I mean obviously uh, the all the HR Giger stuff is very very HR Giger. It's very phallic and it's very there's a lot of you know vulvas in it and it's very kind of like just like gothic horror like type of like just just gross mess of stuff and uh, that's what you would expect from HR Giger. But the Roger Christian stuff is really interesting too because like we said before it's all like push button future stuff like where it's like what if the 70s was in space? That's what it looks what like. Else, what else has Roger Christian kind of done? Especially like the design of like the ship and like the computers reminds me of um, when I get model kits before they're like unattached from all the little bits and before I build them. Just reminds me of like model kits, oh, like model kit design. Yeah, like where you have like the the square that you have to punch out the pieces out of the little yeah. out of little pegs that on on the side, and then you just have that yeah. piece of plastic left over. <laughs> yeah, that's what it reminds me of. I I agree, actually. Like I don't know, I love the way all the computers and the spaceships and everything like that look in this film, and I don't know, I don't know exactly why he did it this way, but yeah, it just it really is an interesting thing and i love that everything has a monotone gray and black screen it's just like the first tandy computers that i had growing yeah, up exactly yeah <laughs> no that's what i think i always think like ms dos yeah. whenever i see everything in alien i'm just like yeah but somehow that works fucking i don't know the <laughs> command line how to get us to warp space i yeah. don't know <laughs> fucking i have to go f1 help now <laughs> it's like 500 lines yeah. like, and, and basic warp speed is like a million lines long oh, but, gosh. <laughs> oh uh, but uh no uh, roger christian uh most famous Famously, also worked on Star Wars. So did he really? Yeah. Uh huh. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Because the the and way Star Wars has a lot of similar of that design as well. Especially yeah. Like, well, the dark the. That's one thing I was thinking about earlier, is how they thought about computers for large things back yes. in the day. Yeah. It's just a lot of buttons. And I guess that's how computers were back in the day. It's yeah. just a bunch of buttons splayed out before I mean, you that do minimal things. I mean, if each. you if you break it down to essentialist 
principles, let's say, they're not really that far off that really you're just flying a big computer. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what that's what like, the space station is. It's just a big computer. Like, I mean, they're not that far off in that sense. It just doesn't look right. I thought you know? that, <laughs> this is literal. like, my dad kind of works in the space industry. What I from what he said and from what I understand, I always think of the <laughs> International Space Station as a floating hydraulic pump that all the computers <laughs> just manage. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like the computers are minimal. It's like most of it is like mechanical bullshit. Yeah, because that's how they got to space in the seventies, right. and they're really not that far off from where they were then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying is like, I mean. Yeah, it's kind of like it seems like a an essentialist v- version of the future, but like also you think about it, they're not really that far off. Yeah, like as far as the true. sense of like it's a, just a big flying computer, yeah. like it may not look right, but I mean the principle of it is correct. You know, it's like it wouldn't yeah, just be a big just computer. Less boxy now, right? Yeah, you make everything smooth. Yeah, everything's just touch screen now, but it would be the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's the same principle. It's not like the fucking idea of the 50s where we'll have flying cars. It's just like, yeah, you'll just have more of this shit that we already have. Yeah. But I guess that's a good way to talk about like how technology is envisioned by older media and stuff like yeah. that. Because, I don't know, I'm fascinated by the way... Because, yeah, this is the 70s, and all of the technology in this is kind of what they had during the 70s, just upped a tiny bit. Like, all the computers that you see that they actually work with, just a little bit ahead of what they already had. Yeah. But they're also mm. in fucking space. And, I don't know, how do you reconcile the fact that the computers that they had at that time couldn't do much? You know what I mean? Like, a lot yeah. of them were just calculators. How did they expect them to work in space? And so I guess that's a suspension of disbelief, but so yeah. many different medias have, like, a different version of what future technology looks like. Well, I mean, if you really think about it, if, if you're thinking about movies that we have now that are trying to look into the future, it seems like it's not that far ahead in a lot of instances. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are a couple movies that it seems like, oh, yeah, that's pretty far fucking advanced. But, like, for, for the most part, it seems like, oh, okay, now we have, like, floating hologram computers, but really this thing, it's really the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a different, uh, you know, it's a different interface. Yeah. More, like more, even the like the if you look at a recent Star Wars, the technology is kind of the same as it you know as they envisioned in the seventies, but with holograms and touchscreens right. now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you even look you look at uh, Star Trek Next Generation, like all the screens yeah. and like things they use in that. That's just what we use now. And that's what I was thinking, like, some of them got closer than others, you know what I mean? And and I think that's what I was trying to zero in on, like, Alien took this very, I don't know, close to their own, close to their own generation approach to what they thought the future would look like. And that might be the art design more than what they, they might not have been thinking about how we are actually going to get to space, they were more thinking about the aesthetics of what this movie will look like. 
Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what they did here, which yeah. is awesome. It's really fucking cool because I love the idea of this retro. It's a shame Ridley Scott didn't carry that on. I know, right? Because I love the idea of this retro ass Tandy computer spaceship yeah. flying around. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> no, I love it. No, <laughs> and, and, the, and the great thing about it is I feel like they did that because they wanted it to be more real feeling. So they tried to get probably the technology as close to current day technology as it could still make yeah. it like believable to be in the future like so it's like it feels more real it feels grittier than a lot of like okay. the more sanitized versions of like the future in space that you'd seen earlier uh before this movie um i think that's what it is it's like it's like okay if we give you something tactile that looks real and that looks like something you could have like within the next couple of years mm -hmm. then it feels more real that way that's like true. it doesn't feel that far off i like yeah, yeah. i like that idea a lot and yeah. I, I just think about what what weirds me out is that so many that so many pieces of media that are trying to envision the future they're sticking to what they know a little bit more than what could be. Yeah. And I guess no one... Mm. And I mean, our... Like, okay, if I were a person in the 70s I saw what we had now, I'd still think that was kind of boring. You know what I mean? Because we don't... Shit, we got, we got fucking phones that aren't... We do not have... Three times as big as our head and we don't have... Give us less cancer. But we don't have <laughs> flying cars yet. We don't have hover boots yet. We don't have, like, you know, any of, like, the really cool shit that everyone's been wanting for a long time. So even though it's no, like... we just have... If I was in the 70s... iPhone 69. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, I saw, if I was in the 70s now and I saw our technology now, it's just like, all right, so things still suck. Yeah. Just... We, they're just sleeker, more modern, or whatever modern is. Because yeah. I feel like 70s is still before modernism and postmodernism. Maybe not. I don't care. Art movements suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, rude, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it's interesting to see how different pieces of media interpret technology and stuff like that. Because even, even Star Wars has a very kind of rudimentary approach technology in the ones that came out in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's still a whole lot of clunky push-button bullshit. Yeah, and then, I mean, we kind of just wish the prequels didn't exist, but... Um, <laughs> except the Phantom Menace. Except Phantom Menace. I will die loving the Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's, if, it, if there was a hill I was going to die on, I would say that Phantom Menace <laughs> is, not, is not as bad as people say it is. Uh, neither is... Neither is... Uh, Revenge of the Sith, and that's only because Palpatine. I don't know. Have you gone back and watched that final fight scene again? How it looks yeah, like a fucking I mean, video game cutscene. Way too fucking long. <laughs> it is going for way too long. No, 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 no. Not that. I mean, the, some of the CGI in it looks like a video game fucking cutscene. But in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. The new one. No, Revenge of the Sith. The third, the third one in the prequels. Revenge of the Sith. Oh, that one. Revenge of the Sith. So Not. To be honest, that, I am. What's, what's the new one called? Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh. And then The Last Jedi is... The, the Last Jedi, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, Revenge of the Sith, it, like, some of the... Uh, it, it, does, it didn't age well. Let's not talk about Star Wars. And then Clone Wars, just bad. Yeah. Clone Wars was bad. <laughs> I hate sand! Anyway. Okay. I am blinded by Palpatine in that movie. Just like I'm blinded by, Rid by Ripley. True. Yep. Um, anyway. now, let, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about some headier stuff. Let's talk about themes. There's a lot of themes in this movie that, um, thank you. I dropped a penny. 
<laughs> that I, I feel like are touched. Up, I feel that that are touched upon here and that are like expounded upon pretty well. And I, I would say the most obvious one, just even from the tagline, you can tell is isolation. Yeah. It's just in in space, no one can hear you scream. You're right. If you're in space, nobody can hear you scream. And also, you can poop as loud as you want. So <laughs> that would be great. I wish I could do that because. Who doesn't need to poop as loud as they want? Are you saying, I mean, if you're in a situation now where you can't poop as loud as you want, uh, you need to tell the people you live with to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, this is a PSA for everybody. If people can't live with how loud your poops are, that's their problem, not yours. <laughs> hey, you mom! I'm taking a shit! <laughs> You let that shit fly. Let it sh fly and be proud. This is this is your life. Don't muffle your poops. Yeah. <laughs> Don't muffle your poops for anyone. Uh, anyway, isolation. Uh, if you're sitting in space by yourself, pooping loudly, and an alien comes up and kills you, that'd be like. That'd be like because you know they say the most vulnerable one, of the most vulnerable points is when you're having a shit. Yeah. Because we don't do it when we walk anymore. So imagine. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chrissy. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It just popped in my head. <laughs> no, I'm it literally, so my gone. brain stopped. <laughs> my brain stopped at that moment. Cause... It caught me so off guard. It's like the most when you're on the toilet. I did, I did. And so just the xenomorph. <laughs> No, I mean, you don't knock. I mean, imagine that you're asleep pooping on the toilet in space. You're very vulnerable. Then. <laughs> yeah. You're asleep. In the, okay, okay, I am cutting off the poopy talk you now. Don't, you don't you poop in your sleep. Yeah. I was like, how does how does it fun? How does it you've still never, flow? You've never, look, you never pooped the bed. Come on. No. <laughs> you just passed out while you're pooping in space. Uh, and then the xenomorph kills you. It's the worst way to go. I'm sorry, everyone listening. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, isolate. I'm not. <laughs> Isolation is very important. I feel like uh, that's the biggest thing that they, they seize on very early on. Yeah, you're right, with the tagline. They, uh, they recognize that part of it. And they're isolated in space. They're isolated. I feel like they're a little bit isolated by technology because all of them don't realize how to use it. It kind like of the, isolated by rank in a way too. I mean because yeah. it's kind of like yeah. there is this big separation of like their technically they're like their class on the ship. Essentially, you know? yeah. Like there uh, definitely are different classes. And like we talked about with the characters earlier, the engineers are feeling wronged because they're not getting the correct pay. They're very materialistic. They're thinking about, you know, what does this journey cost us? They gotta feed the they gotta feed their drink kids, whatever. To drink kids? They're gonna feed something. <laughs> oh, okay. We, we are not having no pro... We are not having any anti-union shit on this thing. Oh, but, God. But, but they're isolated yeah. with that. I mean, they're isolated think They're isolated basically by themselves thinking about themselves over w the other stuff yeah. going on, the mission, everything like right. that. Ripley's isolated as being the only sane person within a million <laughs> light-year radius. The only not-idiot. <laughs> um... Dallas, I think, is isolated by his, you know, the, the, the weight of command. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Kane's isolated because he's fucking dead. 
It's dead. <laughs> actually, um, John Hurt is also actually I know, dead. I'm, John Hurt. I'm sorry. John I didn't. Dead. Uh, <laughs> You're an asshole. Uh, <laughs> I made that joke the day he died to my brother. I'm a terrible uh, person. Uh, John, John isn't Hurt. hurting anymore. Ash is isolated because he's, you know. Full of cum. <laughs> I want to leave it there, but I was going to say... Programmed to, you know, work for the company and doesn't understand human feelings and is sad about that and likes to jerk off and is full of cum. It all, it's all full circle. It's fine. Um, but then obviously, you know, new planet, new place they've never been. That's isolating. And so much of the movie is them running around. Any one of them running around, specifically Ripley, running around by themselves trying to survive. Yeah. Um, and then you add... Like the music on top of that, and it, and this it gives you the sense of isolation without yeah. having to say, "Hey, I feel lonely." It's like, no, yeah, this is a lonely fucking movie. Like I'm scared. It gives you a powerful sense of dread. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then you get to the like the the this, you know, the scene when you know every, you think it's okay at the end mm. yes. when she's alone at the end, and then she just looks up in the corner and it's like, "Hey, guess what? Guess who's." Guess who's and, over there? And you know, Guess who's back in that? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, film critics at the time, one of the the big things they said about Alien is it's one of those movies that it's one of the best movies that they can think of that has a fourth act. Yeah, because uh, there's a yeah, there's I mean, there's a whole bunch of movies. I mean, the way that a movie normally works is that it has three acts. You have like the you know you have the rising action, and you have uh, kind of you have sort of a uh, you have a introduction of characters in the setting and you have all this rising action up to the climax the climax and then uh you have kind of like a day, denouement and then that's the end yeah. uh but this is like this is like you have the setup you have the setting you have the climax and then after the climax another climax happens Gross. there's two climaxes they come twice <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got a double load. Oh, yeah. God. It's like whenever you think everything is going to be okay, then some other shit happens. Yeah. Like, it just keeps happening until the end, and then it's just the fucking end is just like a blowout at the end. And that's, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting. No, it's one of the few movies that I can think of like that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, tr I'm struggling to think of another one off the top of my head. Uh, you can Ripley looks up at that alien in the corner, and she just goes, Say psych right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you. Uh, you Aliens you, actually does that too. Uh, you can argue it's a w better fleshed out version of every slasher film yes. where the killer comes back for one yes. last thing before yeah. they get shot in the face or whatever. I would say, I would say the one thing that that John uh, James Cameron very acutely observed was the structuring of this movie and the way that it has a fourth act because Aliens has a fourth act too. Has that thing mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, we're off the planet, everything's good, everything's fine, Queen's dead, the planet's blown up, but then. She's on the ship. She's on the she's on the oh, ship at the man. end, and you have the big power loader battle at the end, and it's basically the same exact fucking ending, but it just yeah. bi just bigger. Just yeah, everything about <laughs> aliens is bigger. Yeah, I don't know, but um, the other big theme for this for me is just how shitty the overarching, like we were talking about at the very outset, the shitty overarching reason why everything happens. Well, yeah. And it's because Waylon Yutani mm. realizes this fucking bloodthirsty, unstoppable creature can be monetized. Yeah. That sucks yeah. ass. And that brings into, like, this question, the whole, 
something that we have to consider a lot right now, which is how much is human life valued versus how much is our like bottom line stock like price, profit margin, profit yeah. margin, whatever. How much is that valued? And we're Here, doing. And here's the thing that has always confused me about the Alien franchise: is what are they going to do with the Xenomorph when they get it? What the fuck are they even going to use it for? Is it like for like scientific reasons or? Like what is it, what are they gonna do with it? The idea that is they gonna make a Jurassic Park? The with, idea with that just was, fucking xenomorphs? Like, I Waylon Yutani, the 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 man, the myth, the legend, the actual <laughs> lad. There are two people. I can never remember his first name. He's just gonna fuck it. <laughs> I thought it was two people. It's Wayland and then Utani and the, the it was like but a yeah, merger. it was the Wayland company, and then they merged with yeah. Utani yeah, yeah, yeah. Corporation, and then it became yeah, so, Wayland Utani. So the, the the actual lad who was the the, one the of guy who's played by the guy who's played by Lance Henriksen. Yeah, he's just gonna fuck. Yeah, it. I got yeah yeah. What I mean, if 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 I had to break it down, what I always thought that the the, the end game was with the Xenomorph. They always talk about wanting to use it as a weapon. So I assumed their goal was to get one of the eggs back to Earth in its closed state so they could then research, replicate, and bioengineer a way to control it. You know how they do in Suicide yeah, Squad with yeah, the, with yeah, the yeah. bomb and the That's neck true, and stuff yeah. like that? So then yeah. they can use it to set it out, eradicate a population... And then destroy it at will. You know what I mean? They wanted a perfect bioweapon that they can control. That was what my understanding of it had always been. And that's that's what it seems like but, uh, is more of the motivation in Aliens, yeah. too. But you get more of that motivation. Correct. Later, you, you get, I mean, it's, it's veiled in the first Alien because they don't go into that that much. You just yeah. know that Weyland Yutani really wants it. Yeah, you kind of buy it. Yeah. yeah. So, and you get it. And... Um, I don't know. The, the the shitty thing about that is, as is a lot of things with a lot of new technology, a lot of things that are threatening our race or have threatened our race or anything like that, yeah, it'll make you money. Or yeah, it'll be a good weapon. But no, you can't fucking control it, idiot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and you can yeah. say that about the nuclear bomb. You can say that about... The internal combustion engine. You can say that about fossil fuels. You can say that about pretty much anything. It's like, yeah, it'll be good in the short term until it fucking kills you. Yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. So there's so much big, short-sightedness all, So there's all a big state... It's just dumbass cor- corporate bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a big statement in this movie about that for sure. Oh, yeah. The, sh- oh, yeah. the short-sightedness of corporations and greed, I think, is a good way to sum it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there's that. That's upsetting. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I hope I brightened everybody's day. <laughs> uh, I think it's I think in a grander... And, and I think in a grander sense, and this kind of, this I guess, springboards off of that, is that it's like that sort of thing where... Them finding, like, this particular life form kind of opens up Pandora's box mm-hmm. and like that. And, and I mean, we, we talked about it before we started recording, but even, like, the egg opening and the way it, it opens is almost, like, literally a, like, a direct analog for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Like, how it's like they've opened a new world of just absolute horror and, like, things that they didn't know existed in the universe. It's like, you know, it's like how we talk about it, uh, exploration and, like, finding potentially finding aliens you know Mm -hmm. or aliens finding us it's like that sort of thing it's like 
are they going to be hostile or are they going to be friendly? And it's like, do, do they even exist, first of all? Yeah. And second of all, are they, like, what are we, what's even going to happen when we have that interaction? Yeah, and that's what I was thinking is it doesn't matter hostile, not hostile. It doesn't matter what form they take. It doesn't matter anything like that. It's, and I mean, and you can argue this is what the government keeps the information about it sealed for or whatever. Yeah. Once we know for sure that there is extraterrestrial life, the human race can't unknow it. Right. And therefore, everything changes. Period. Everything yeah. changes. Maybe not for us in our everyday lives, because it's like, you still got to pay rent. You still got to pay bills. You know what I mean? Life on Earth still goes on. But then you know that, A, it could be finite, because something out there might be coming to get us. And B, it could be finite, because we might be able to just fucking leave. <laughs> Like, get yeah. that alien to come down here and just take yeah. me away. I'm done. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't want to live yeah. on this planet anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, yeah, them finding the alien. Because you get the sense that in the alien universe, they don't, extraterrestrial life really hasn't been found yet at all. Yeah, you get that sense from, like, other, other the other movies and some of the external media and stuff like that, but you, you feel you feel like they haven't really run into any of them. Yeah, yeah. which is, yeah, which is strange. Like, especially in this one, they're like, oh, what the fuck is this? Yeah, and uh, so you get the sense that this is the first time that they've encountered something other than a human species, which mm. isn't the case. We know there are multiple different types of aliens. Prometheus tells us that, yeah. unfortunately. There, yeah. There's the... Yeah, yeah. yeah so we know that... Mm. It's just one of those weird... I don't know. Unfortunately, all the movies that come after the core Alien series kind of fuck up the series. Right. Well, I mean, it depends, because, I mean, some of the comics are pretty good, like, some of the comics... But they do kind of expand... And it wasn't just Prometheus, but also some of the comics expounded upon, like, origin stories. Really? Like, the the space jockey, the thing that's sitting in the, the big chair and the steampunk and man on his recliner the one the one that has had the <laughs> chestburster come out the real big one that has mm. that looks like he has a gun yeah. pointed yeah. at him uh that you know in expanded universe stuff and like the extra media stuff and comics and books for alien that was supposedly a race specifically for that they were called the jockey race or the space jockey race that basically is they're meant for transporting aliens and all that sort of stuff that's like their mm. purpose Essentially. So yeah, so in the expanded universe, yeah. there is definitely more knowledge about other extraterrestrials rather than just just yes. the alien. So. Yeah, there is. There's knowledge out there of it, That's but it's yeah. But as far as I can tell, most of them are humanoid hmm. in some way. So I I don't know. It's kind of weird. But yeah, I I like the idea better that this is their first encounter with aliens. Yeah. You know, like that that seems to fit the mold better. It does. Yeah. And it's it. it Seems, I think that's one of the things about Alien that really works is that it seems so real, even though it is science fiction. But that, I mean, we haven't encountered aliens yet. I mean, on paper, you know, take, officially, not, that, not taking that, that alien that area 51 raid didn't come out. Of shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, not taking ancient aliens into consideration, like we uh, up to our how, how long have we been around as, as a sentient species? Five thousand, five thousand years. About ten thousand years. It's about ten thousand years. Well, ten thousand years is about the beginning of like the the end of the Neolithic era where we started having agriculture and stuff. So about so ten thousand years. Regardless of whether or not we know about them, ten thousand years we don't have accepted widespread 
conversing and exchange with an extraterrestrial race. Right. That's a long period of time. <laughs> it is totally believable for them to go however long it is into the future in Alien, the movie. And not having... Yeah, to I alien. mean... But mostly just because of, like, vicinity and proximity yeah. and stuff because of how huge space is. And that's a big that's yeah. a big theory about why we haven't encountered anything is because of the vastness of yeah, space. It is far more likely... Yeah, huge space yeah. is. Yeah. It's, it's far more likely that we'll never encounter anything than encounter something because the 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 pro, the pro, the probability of life existing on a planet and for a planet to fall in that life range in a solar system is so minuscule as we know it let's put it True. that way as yeah. we know life yeah. it's hard for it to exist as we know carbon based yeah. life let's yeah. put it that way cuz yeah. they have seen that life does exist in different forms like right. there is a a moon of saturn or jupiter that is shown to possibly have, I believe, like, it's either a methane or a silicon-based ecosystem. Yeah. As opposed to a carbon-based ecosystem. Yeah, which is completely believable. Yeah. I mean, that they could just be based on other forms. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but like, again, to boil it down, it, it super makes sense that no matter how far into the future we go, we still haven't encountered an alien. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's another reason why alien Which works. is kind of sad in a way, but... I mean, if you really look I at it, to be their friend. Yeah, because if you if you think about it in like sort of a more whimsical fashion, I guess it's it's kind of disappointing that we probably maybe haven't run into aliens at all. Uh, I mean, but I mean, it's it's hard to say because I mean the government probably does cover up a lot of stuff. True. And the inevitable heat death of the Earth will mean we will never meet aliens. Yeah, uh, I, that's one of the things about it. Is Except for the rich people because they have spaceships. Yeah, <laughs> we need to. The way I really feel about it is that, unfortunately, and this doesn't apply to people like us, like people working jobs and stuff, it's like the human race at its top echelons needs to figure its shit out before we even are candidates for, like, getting a higher degree of yeah. like knowledge and stuff yeah. Oh, yeah. before anyone comes back they're gonna have to look at us and be like yeah let them go to another planet if if you let us go to another like send any of us to another planet right now there'll be an Arby's there in two days <laughs> fucking like the, there'll be a highway that is already under construction all the time yeah. and like you know every, every water source will be polluted and you'll have have to drink it you know what i mean there like be, we, and elon musk will be there yeah i mean he's he's just a mist there will he, be he just like exist in like every air conditioning unit. there would be so many starbucks's dotting <laughs> the base of uh olympus mons uh, before you believe it uh, i don't know that's and a couple of gregs <laughs> gregs because gregs is you know we gotta get into this too won't just be y'all Americans. Yeah. Yes, it will. What are you talking about? Excuse me. Where's your space program? Where is your? There'll, there'll be there'll be a Mac okay. You said there'll be an RB in two days. There'll be a McDonald's within an hour. True. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't like that. Okay, it's fine that you're British. But everyone across the world has to have a degree of American patriotism, and you're not showing that right now. And I don't appreciate it. Excuse me. <laughs> anyway, I'm done. Uh, I'll, be getting, I'll be getting an American passport within a year or two. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fear, fear. You have to. You have to eat at least eat at least uh, seventy. Uh, 
hamburgers <laughs> and uh, and you have to um, indulge. You have to at least eat at least six hundred feet of fruit by the foot. <laughs> <laughs> Just to keep our economy moving. And you better eat bubble tape the right way or I'll fucking be pissed off. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's say... Um, the xenomorphs bite it like fucking monsters. <laughs> yeah, they bite, they bite everything like monsters. Um, so let's... The legacy of this movie, I feel like can't be understated because it's just like... Like we said before, like the the every piece of media... That we that we know of like has some sort of like at least tangential reference to Alien. It yeah, like you know, like oh, yeah. In just growing up as a kid, like I'm, like my parents were pretty like I, I'm I've mentioned this before. My parents didn't really let me watch horror movies that much, um, and so the first exposure I had to Alien as a kid is my aunt bought me the construction robot from Aliens. And I was like, this is a cool toy. I can yeah. put other action figures in it. No context as to what it was. Like, <laughs> like I saw the alien on the box. I was like, well, that's fucking cool. But no context. But every time I would turn on a, a, a funny cartoon, not like, you know, a serious cartoon like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, whatever. But any, like, funny cartoon or spoof cartoon, Animaniacs, Tiny Toons... Looney Tunes, whatever, there's always that alien reference. There's always the mouth inside of a mouth. You know what I mean? That became so cemented in pop culture that, oh yeah, I don't know, it's such a big joke from such a, a horrific movie. And to show I mean, that to kids is crazy. There's more the reference in Alien, is it Alien 3 as well? With where it's the bald Sigourney and it goes to like her face? Or is that an Aliens? I can never remember. But a I mean, Alien 3 is the one with Bald Ripley. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be Alien 3 where it's like the, the Xenomorph is super close to her face. Yeah. Oh, and uh -huh. she's like turning to the side. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's so many like reference yeah. shots of that in like everything. There's a fucking reference to it in The Critic that I remember. Yeah. No one watched The Critic. <laughs> yeah. Nobody did. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Um, what's this? God, what was it? John Lovitz? John Lovitz's yeah. cartoon, yeah. yeah. I, I was just watching The Wedding Singer. I was like, John Lovitz is a creepy man. I love The Wedding Singer. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but of course, obviously, this movie sparked a franchise that everybody knows about now. Mm. I mean, yeah. it's Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection. And the weird thing uh, is... AVP, AVP 2, <laughs> Requiem, uh, Prometheus, Alien Covenant... Oh, why did Alien Covenant exist? I just don't understand oh, why Prometheus exists. <laughs> yes, they do. I, I apologize. I just don't understand why it strayed so much from a horror. And I know James Cameron got involved and wanted to make money and make it bigger and flashier. Why, I mean, why does anything through degrees of separation not become what it was before? I mean, you know, like I know, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, like you know, Friday the Thirteenth hasn't. You well, know, that's for, because uh, the, Nightmare on Elm Street hasn't. Well, you know? that's because the the format of Friday the Thirteenth never got tired. Apparently, I think it did. But <laughs> I mean, no. What are you talking about? Jason Goes to Hell was a brilliant. Film. <laughs> Jason Goes to Hell is like my least favorite one. <laughs> but okay, but so, okay. So why does why does that change? Why is it with this movie? 
the the same thing wouldn't have worked twice, or at least yeah. they thought it wouldn't have worked twice. It changed hands too many times. It didn't have like yeah. it didn't have like contemporaries really. I mean, it didn't have contemporaries in the sense of there were like movies like this. Uh, okay. And like with Friday the Thirteenth, for instance, or like all those other slasher films, there were a ton of other slasher films, a ton of other uh, slasher franchises that they had competition with that they basically had to keep up with. And it's like okay, if we keep the same, but we just do it bigger, you know, like that sort of thing. Like Alien was just kind of like in a vacuum. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as far as like it didn't have a lot of other movies. At least that's my theory on it. Is like it just didn't. No, that makes sense. Alien was definitely in a vacuum to movies. Yeah. I mean, Predator. Like if because obviously everyone compares Alien and Predator. See, I don't think because obviously AVP exists. But um, like Predator's just a dumb all-out action movie, whereas yeah. it's tried to be subtle and tried to cross genres. Predator, all Predator has going for it is the cool design of the Predator. Yeah. Like, it's a cool villain to have. But yeah, Predator's no way a horror f- film. Either one of them. No. Not like, really, at no. all. And... I don't think, uh, like, Predator's even a fair comparison, because Predator didn't come out until 1987. So it's like, it's not even, like, the same era as as Alien. Like, they're not either... They only got compared to each other, like, later on. Yeah. You know? Like, and I guess that's... Because they both had weird... Weird alien designs, basically. Well, I was going to say, sci-fi antagonists, I guess. You know what I mean? You don't really have... Because it's either, you know, a ghost ghost antagonist, serial killer antagonist, like weird ghost serial killer antagonist, <laughs> wh- whatever it is. Like, they're always kind of earthly. There's not that much sci-fi horror, I guess. And I guess that's why it exists yeah. in a vacuum, like you said. Yeah. It's like, because sci-fi horror, it wasn't really that the big a thing. The, the, like, Pitch Black came out, and even Pitch Black, they didn't keep the horror aspect yeah. of it. They decided I mean, to run other, with a, a weird action spin on it. Yeah, you think of other sci-fi horror, there's not a whole lot of other huge sci-fi horror movies. I mean, The Thing... The thing. Uh, the mm. thing wasn't an example, which I mean, it was adapted on, like on an old ass movie. It wasn't even really sci-fi yeah. horror in the sense; it was more of a remake. You know what I mean? Pit, so, Pitch Black, like you said, yeah. Event, Event Horizon, uh, but Event Horizon obviously Slither was kind of sci-fi horror. Yeah, but Slither like, that was two thousand six. Yeah, so. I mean there wasn't really anything in the era that was quite as comparable. Yeah, you know, The Fly maybe like the, the, fly, the Fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say The Fly. Was probably pretty close, like, but the flight... it is very sci-fi. I will, yeah. Uh, yeah, I will say that, but yeah. not dealing with space. I think that's what made Alien a little bit more unique. Maybe yeah. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, that, that I'll space, give you. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Oh, and what's her name that played Lambert was actually in that. Um, was she really? Yeah, she oh, was. Shit. And Jeff Goldblum. Right. Interestingly enough, yeah. was Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, in Jeff Vader? Goldblum's like a huge part of that. I movie. just haven't seen it in a yeah. while. I guess. Uh, I fucking love that movie. Yeah, it's so good. I need to watch it again. Was the Blob from Outer Space? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. It's been a long time since. I've yeah, seen I haven't seen it. In a no, while the, blob, the blob was totally from outer space. He came okay. from a big uh, a meteor. So okay. So I l- mean, killer clowns from outer space. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay. So yeah. So let's break it down. It's like the Blob Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Aliens, the next one after that. I think really space, the Body Snatchers. Or I guess the thing, the thing from outer space before those. But still, mm. so those are the ones that you have that are dealing with space. Alien does really oh. stand alone as being like the most realistic, the most actually terrifying as far yeah. as the way it's presented. Not necessarily the, the theme, because Invasion of the Body Snatchers is terrifying. Like the theme of Invasion of the yes. Body Snatchers so, is incredibly. Awful. Alien 
Because obviously we don't really see them unless they're in pod people form. But like right. with Alien having a physical being to see, yeah, that's what sets it apart. True. Yeah, I think that I think that is a yeah. large part of it. Yeah, and it's like it's stealthy too. And yeah, that's the thing is like a, you, it's not always like it's always around the corner type thing. It's a, that's what makes it so much more of a horror movie than the mm-hmm. other movies that are more sci-fi. Yeah, you know what I mean. It reminds me of um, sort of you know like when you see a spider across one side of the room and then you like look away for a second and it's like right by your face. <laughs> that's literally what the fucking xenomorph reminds me of. Yeah. It's just that stealthy ass spider that I want to burn. Yeah, it really does invoke. Fear in that sense, yeah. it, it, and then, I mean it is very insect-like. So that that's totally yeah. It kind of plays on those only, fears, right? And that's that's only like expounded upon in the the following movies that it, that they're like kind of drones and there's yeah. like a queen and all that sort of mm. stuff, and they have like a a hive mentality. The idea of ha- there being a lot of them is an awesome <laughs> way to follow it up. I didn't like that mm. there was also a lot of people. Yeah, I mean the thing. Yeah, the thing is, is that there's a lot of them, but they're in, like individually not as intimidating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, they go down like paper dolls yeah. with, against the guns. Yeah. But also, if there were a lot of xenomorphs, but like the same amount of cast as there was in the first movie, you know what I mean? That would be fucking terrifying. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah, yeah, and if they were as resilient as the one in the first one. Yeah. Mm. So there's a lot of things, so, but I mean, I'm not here to shit on aliens because it's still fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> and like, if you like, when you go down the line to like AVP, this is the sofa. Fucking Alien versus Predator. The fucking xenomorphs are taken out with like one fucking bullet. Mm. Yeah. They're, they're super easy to take out. But they also didn't have guns in the first Alien. No, but like it's I I feel like the obviously. So you don't know if they had a gun in the first alien, maybe it would have been like a twenty minute movie. (laughs) Yeah, but I also feel like the first xenomorph again would be more resilient to that kind of thing, or because the first xenomorph is terrifying, whereas these fucking later on xenomorphs, they're all bitches. Well, even if you had a gun in the first alien, you couldn't use it because you're on a spaceship. It would puncture the hole. It would puncture the hole. Right. So I mean, even they might have had one. But they just knew that they couldn't use it. Otherwise, we're all dead. You know. I don't know, unless unless Dallas fucking was <laughs> s- saved. I feel like Dallas might do something that stupid. Maybe so. Yeah. But anyway, I don't. There's a lot of what ifs, but I think the legacy of Alien is that one of the best sci-fi horrors, if not, like, the quintessential sci-fi horror. I would horror. say the quintessential yeah, sci-fi yeah, horror. You don't have, oh, yeah, you don't have almost any that stack up to it, other than, like, older movies, like we were talking about. Yeah. And those haven't really been The thing comes close. Recently. The thing comes very close. Yeah. Uh, the 1982 one. And again, I, like. I almost argue that the thing is more classic cinema than it is, like, oh horror film because <laughs> it's like recreating an old ass horror film from back in the yeah, day you know what i mean I know and what you so mean. it's expounding on ideas it's not necessarily its own just making them better and it is horrifying but it, it's definitely more of it has character study aspects yeah. it has some like contemplative moments i don't know i know what you it's mean food yeah. for thought yeah it's interesting well uh what are some of our favorite moments <laughs> silence who wants to go <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I'll go. Um, Zach, go I'll, first. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go. I was. I would say. <laughs> actually, so I would say actually the best scene is really a series of scenes, which is the opening scene. Uh, and I would say it because so you have all that like all the screens coming on mm. and stuff thing and getting activated. And it's just like a real slow. Just like everything is kind of slowly waking up, the ship's slowly waking up, the people are slowly waking up, and just like, it kind of sets that whole atmosphere of like, okay, this is like really in the middle of fucking nowhere in space. <laughs> like, it just has that whole sort of like, it really sets the movie up really, really well. For whatever reason, that felt very 2001 to me. Like, every yeah. time I watch it, I always Yo, think of yeah. 2001, just the, the, the slowness, the, the music, just the kind of deliberate way things happen is very much like that opening of Kubrick's 2001 where everything's spinning and the classical music and stuff like that and just kind of like a slow build to actually stuff happening. I know what you meant to say. I know you meant to say Kubrick, but it sounded like you said Kubert. It's fine. <laughs> Stanley Kubert. Yeah, no, Kubert directed fucking The Shining. He directed uh, basically, that Why do you think there are so many stairs in, uh, in, the, in the Shining? Oh it's because Kubert made that film. Hell yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it, my uh, my favorite uh, is when she thinks that the alien is gone, and she's settling down to to get out of there, and then looks in the corner of the room. And is like, oh fuck, yeah, this shit has not worked out the way I thought. Yeah, it's like literally <laughs> like your heartbeat matches her heartbeat at that moment. You're like, oh shit, because I remember oh, watching shit. it for the first time. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought this what? was over. <laughs> but the cat stayed alive, so I was happy. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah, my my favorite moment actually is when she's tucking Jonesy in the bed, and then she gets into bed, and she's also in her pants. <laughs> I like that bit. I think we all do. Yeah, I like the bit <laughs> where she's in her pants a lot. That's but also she's you know she's safe technically. She's tucking Jonesy in the bed, and then she's going for a sleep, and she's earned that rest because holy shit. Everything could have been avoided. Yeah, right. I, I think the only other thing I want to mention, as far as Jones goes, is I, I was going to wait for the end for this because this is dumb. But there is that uh, fan theory out there that uh, the Xenomorph and Jones are actually the main characters in the movies. <laughs> and actually they're yeah. communicating to each other the whole time. And... <laughs> I don't remember all the, the specifics of it, but that's why the Xenomorph never goes after Jones, and, like, Jones, like, likes Ripley, so he saves her, and he's the only one that, she's the only one that gets saved, and, I don't know. Look it up. It's a real fan theory. I think it's funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. So, final thoughts. God, we've already done our final thoughts, like, yeah, three times. Yeah, I, I would say. <laughs> I mean, but there's so much to say about it, you know? Yeah. It's a good movie. The cat is good. Ridley Scott's kind of a jerk. Don't watch Prometheus. <laughs> See, Prometheus, yeah. I I guess my final thoughts really are that, unfortunately, the the, the series doesn't live up to this first movie. Like, it, the, they mm. don't meet the promise that this first movie gave people. Right. You know what I mean? Because this movie, if, they kinda, if it kind of was played a little closer to the vest and... I guess they were willing to wear a little bit of maybe stagnation. They might have kept having a couple of other really good horror films. Yeah. Instead, it goes into a little bit different territory, which is good. I'm not saying that's not good. Try different things. But this one's still the best one. 
And yeah. there's a big reason for it. And they haven't done another one that's anywhere near as good ever since. Right. <laughs> I, I would say all of the mm-hmm. hype that you ever hear about this movie is completely justified. Any yeah. amount of hype that you hear about it, completely justified. It's one of those movies mm-hmm. that it's impossible to build it up to too high of a standard. Yeah. Because of just like how expertly it was executed. It's just everything about it works and there's nothing really... I would say that it's nearly a perfect movie. <laughs> and in in this as a as a final note for me, it also created like the perfect game. And that's why I harp so much about the horror aspect is cuz yeah. Alien Isolation came out and it follows this movie, not Aliens. Right. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of movies or I mean a lot of games based on Aliens. Doesn't follow Aliens, doesn't give it an action aspect, gives it a completely horror-centered aspect, and it's a perfect game. There's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's so much fun, it's so good, it's so good at capturing what made this movie good. And like I said, I did, it's just a shame to me that those are the only two pieces of media that yeah. really focused in on what made Alien as a franchise, or as a movie, special. Alien Isolation is so good, by the way. Please play that game. I need to play it. I need to get it, because now I have a PC that can run it. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, if you want... When it came out, it wouldn't run it. Yeah. Well, if you watch Alien, you're just like, I need more of this, play Alien Isolation. Yeah, it's it's pretty much exactly that. Alien Isolation has a real long... Uh, campaign in it too so it's like you could definitely play and it builds on the world so expertly that you would have thought it was like Dan O'Bannon and, and Ridley Scott like directly wrote mm-hmm. it it's it really like, does it's how well it's put together um, but I think that's all we got for this week this was fun I, I, was, I love this movie this was a really <laughs> good episode yeah. um, and this is definitely one of our longer episodes but I, I expected it to be so. yeah. It's good. yeah it's definitely long and we're gonna have a few more of these coming because we have a lot yeah. to say. I got a lot to say about a lot of things that we're talking about this month yeah yeah, we're definitely <laughs> oh, yeah. these next few episodes are definitely gonna be kind of long ones so yeah. I hope y'all are, enjoy the longer format for these because that's what they're gonna be and happy Halloween we're you, getting you, there you, you will get it you will like it or not. <laughs> well, there you like go. You get our long episodes. Don't say we don't give you nothing for Jerks. not giving you episodes for like weeks. I am brimming with cum. Uh, anyway. <laughs> just like Ash. Just like Ash. Uh, that will relieve that pressure. And Ash. Uh, but <laughs> uh, anyway, we love you. Thank you Thank for you listening. So much. And Thank this you for been putting up with this episode. It's long. <laughs> we love you. If you made it to this part, you get a cookie. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.